From the first epistle of St. John, chapter 5. Dearly beloved, whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? This is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not with water only, but with the water and the blood. And the Spirit is the witness, because the Spirit is the truth. There are three witnesses, the Spirit, the water, and the blood, and these three agree. If we receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater. For this is the testimony of God, that he has borne witness to his Son. He who believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself. He who does not believe God has made him a liar, because he has not believed in the testimony God has borne to his Son. From the Holy Gospel of St. John, chapter 20. At that time, when it was late that same day, the first day of the week, the doors being shut where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see, unless I see in his hands the print of the nails, and place my finger in the mark of the nails, and place my hand in his side, I will not believe. Eight days later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. The doors were shut, but Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands, and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not be faithless, but believing. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. The sanctuary lamp burns in loving memory of John and Concetta Greco. The second collection today is for repairs and replacements. A heartfelt thank you to all the volunteers who decorated for Holy Week and to those who purchased Easter lilies and to all the servers, lectors, cantors, choir, ushers, and all who participated in the Triduum liturgies. Tomorrow, April the 12th, is the second, no, this is the third meeting uh, for the consecration of St. Joseph. Uh, please note the time change as the meeting will now be held at 5.45 rather than 6.15. So it'll be 5.45 in the cafeteria. Please join us to pray for an end to abortion at the next pro-life mass this Tuesday, April the 13th at 5.30 p.m. Afterwards, the Knights of Columbus and the Culture of Life Committee will hold their monthly meetings. Both meetings will be held in the PSR building. 
Please continue to follow the guidelines issued by Bishop Duca for the wearing of face masks during the public gatherings. And this holy mass is being offered for Kenneth Canazero. As you may know, as in our Catholic faith, we have a wonderful tradition of naming particular Sundays. This Sunday has a lot of names. It's Low Sunday, because last Sunday was the high, the solemn Sunday. So it's kind of where we're coming to the end of the octave of Easter. And so things are a bit lower, uh, a solemn, but still uh, less solemn than Easter itself. It is known as Dominica and Albis, the Sunday in white, as the neophytes, those who had just recently been baptized at the Easter Vigil, would come the following week still wearing their white garments, a sign that they had been able to continue to follow after our Lord, that they were the, uh, the new ones uh, coming into the church and witness, uh, witnesses to us of keeping our garments clean for our blessed Lord. It is known as Thomas Sunday. On account of the primacy of Thomas in the gospel, this one focusing upon him and his belief or lack thereof at the start. Certainly it is the octave of Easter being the eighth day. It is notably Quasimodo Sunday, not for the name of the hunchback himself, but on account of the intro to the mass as we, as we remind ourselves as newborn infants to long for the spiritual milk from God. Recently, it has been dubbed Divine Mercy Sunday. And no matter what title we may bestow upon this blessed day, it has one singular focus, the salvation of our souls. And all of these names speak to that in some particular way. Last Sunday, we marveled at the fact of the resurrection. Shouts are proclaimed to one another, He is risen, He is truly risen. Alleluia's resound, and we rejoice at the fact that our Lord has been raised from the dead, just as he promised. But as we continue through the Easter season, Mother Church invites us to reflect upon what does that mean? What does it mean that Christ is raised from the dead? What does it mean for us? How does that change things? What does it matter, in short? It matters because the fact of the resurrection means that something is changing. All creation is changing. That the fact that that until the becoming of our blessed Lord and his death and his resurrection, death seemed to have the final say. Death was victorious. Death was the end, it seemed. And if our Lord had not come, it would indeed have remained the same. We would die, and there would be no more joy to be had. There would be sorrow and loss. At best, emptiness. At worst, eternal suffering. But our Lord has come. He has taken on our flesh and immersed it in death itself. By death, he has defeated death and raised up himself to newness of life, a glorified life, a life that is far beyond our understanding, wherein he can simply walk through walls. He can pass through doors and appear unannounced, much to the confusion of everyone. He is different, 
as the disciples often have to wonder, is this him? The two disciples on the way, we can say maybe they were so in shock about what had happened, but certainly our Lord's visible appearance was slightly different. It was in a glorified manner. And so they often wondered, is it really him? Is it really him? Things changed with our Lord's resurrection. And that same means something for us, that we too are called to be changed. We are changed not simply physically at this point, but spiritually, to be given life, a life that we never could have had otherwise. All because of Christ, we have been saved. If we have been saved, then the simple fact is that our normal course must not have been Christ. The simple reality is that the human heart, left unto itself in its own wickedness, seeks more sin. Deeper and deeper it will go. In his encyclical letter, Spesali, Pope Benedict wrote about this reality of how the, the, the reality of the day of, of, of philosophers and the rationalists of the, of the, the, the 17th, 18th, 19th, 20th, 21st centuries sought to place all of their hope in things of the world, to place their hope in science, to place their hope in, in, the, in, the, in the philosophy of the mind, to place their hope in the things of the world, in progress and in technology. If we can build enough things, if we can do enough things, we can build the kingdom of God and we won't need God anymore. We will do it ourselves. What Pope Benedict kindly points out, as it's been tried for hundreds of years and failed for hundreds of years, is the simple fact is they forget, they're working off a presumption that we will naturally tend to good. He says, but this is not the case. Left to ourselves without the grace of God, we will tend to wickedness. And this is the fundamental error of the day. Is the thought is that we are simply going to proceed on our normal route to eternal life and all is well. It's the normal course. If we just keep the, if we just keep the steering wheel straight, we'll end up there eventually. And if that was the case, Jesus didn't need to come die for us. He could have simply left us to ourselves because we would have just naturally tended to it anyhow. But he didn't. He humbled himself. He stripped himself of his divine glory. He took on our flesh for 30 years, remained in silence and humility, growing in, in grace and in wisdom before God and before men. He taught. He went without home. He went without food. He went without sleep. He came and ultimately offered himself on the cross after an intense passion and sufferings and all of this for a purpose because we couldn't have done it otherwise. We can't save ourselves. We must be saved by someone else. The person of Christ, the one who was taken on our flesh, it is he who saves us, and he alone. Our part is to open ourselves to the faith that he gives to us. From the intro to the opening of the Mass, like newborn infants, you must desire pure spiritual milk that in him you may grow to salvation. We have to drink from Christ so that we can get to salvation at some point on the last day when he calls us to himself, whether on the last day of, of the entirety of, of the universe or our own last day. 
We must drink from Him, from Christ, from His grace. And little by little, to grow in our faith, to allow our faith to increase, much like that of Thomas. Thomas, when he comes and he, and he sees our blessed Lord on that eighth day today, it's the simple fact that he goes and he believes, but he believes in, in two different, entirely different manners. He comes first, and he sees our Lord, and our Lord appears and shows him, as we just heard, shows him his wounds. Place your hand in the nail marks. Place your hand in my side. You need proof? Here it is. Don't be unbelieving, but believe. And Thomas does believe. He says, my Lord and my God. My Lord first, because he recognizes the person of Jesus in front of him. He recognizes that this is the man that I've spent the last three years alongside. But more than just the man, he is God. He is my Savior. He is the one who can transform all these things. It is he who has planted the seed of faith in my heart. My Lord and my God. Our Lord has indeed come to save us. He ransoms us for himself. He ransoms us from the world that would seek to have victory over us. But as St. John tells us that the faith is victorious over the world, if we allow ourselves to increase in our faith, to receive first the seed of faith, and to increase it by the grace of God day after day, week after week, it will come to produce the fine fruits of salvation. Not because of we ourselves, but because of him. Because of his life. Because of his suffering and his death. And ultimately, because of his resurrection. It is by faith, indeed, in Christ that we are saved. If we're willing to unite ourselves to him, we will experience the joy of that eternity that awaits. Sometimes when we think of eternity, we certainly misunderstand it because we can't wrap our minds around it. But again, Pope Benedict, in his same encyclical, speaks of this reality of what eternity truly is. He says eternity is not an unending succession of days in the calendar, but something more like the supreme moment of satisfaction in which totality embraces us, and we embrace totality. It is a supreme moment of satisfaction. It is that that Christ has ransomed us for. The satisfaction of beholding God face to face, of allowing the life that had been but in seed form and in a small manner here to well up within us to something far beyond anything we can wrap our minds around. All of this because of the love of Christ for us, because of the love of the Father for us, because of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit who comes to be with us. So indeed, we lift up our hearts today and we ask our blessed Lord also to increase our faith that we might recognize in Christ, indeed, our Lord and our God, as well as our Savior.